Good morning. Oh my goodness. Oh, it is so wonderful to be with all of you. Be back in Houston, my root temple. Wonderful to be with my teacher. Wonderful to be with my root sangha. And I noticed that um my eyes are feeling filling with a little bit of tears just from this opportunity to be in relationship with our body minds together. So it's been a, exactly a year since my body mind has been this close to your body mind. <laughs> really exciting. Of course, we've been connected the entire year anyway. And uh, it's been wonderful to have the, the additional opportunities of Zoom to, to be able to be with you in many ways over the past year. Um, and even when we're not connected via Zoom, we're still connected. But there's something so special about being in proximity. Really wonderful. I've been thinking about... Um, how our, our, uh, our Soto Zen practice is about relationship, how we practice in relationship, that, that's such an important, special aspect of, of this work we do together. And um, I'm looking forward to the retreat that's starting on Tuesday and being in proximity for days and days in a row. We were reflecting this morning that I think uh, the last time I was at Auspicious Cloud West, it was called Margaret Austin Center, and that was 20 or 21 years ago. And Reb was, uh, Tension Reb was leading a retreat, and, um, and it's been a long time. And, and now I just can't wait to see all of the wonderful work that's been going on there, all the love, looking forward to it. So practicing in relationship, that's what we do. And I've been thinking a lot lately about uh, the Lojong, about this uh, collection of mind training slogans, a, a mind training program. So before we had um, all these uh, body training programs that you can get on TikTok and <laughs> many other places, we had this amazing mind training program that came to us through the Tibetan Buddhist tradition. And it consists of 59 slogans that are, that are um, uh, categorized in seven teaching points. And one of those teaching points is the discipline of relationship. So I wanted to talk some today about a few of the slogans from Lo Zhang uh, and think about relationship and, and a few other things. And uh, I think I'll start off by telling a little story to kind of set the stage about why, why the Lo Zhang has um, really been front of mind for me the past few months. Um, so toward, toward the, the hottest part of the summer, 
So we were getting into July and moving into August. We had the Delta surge and um, uh, we had been in the pandemic for a, a good, good long period by that point. But there was something about that surge that just hit me really hard. Um, I work in healthcare. I work with nursing homes. It's been it's been really rough. It's been devastating, really. Um, but we've been doing good work, and we've been keeping going and keeping going. And then when that Delta surge happened, I just felt all the energy draining out of me. And the news was really um, uh, pulling focus for me. And I was just so aware of this negative news story and that negative news story. And it just was feeling so hopeless. It's feeling hopeless, really just um, paralyzed uh, with, uh, with the energy kind of drained out. Um, Something that I learned from, from the Lojong and that has uh, always been a very dear practice of mine is um, this idea of turning things around. And, um, and so when things get hard, one of the things that um, I find helpful from our practice is this uh, teaching of non-duality, that we, we can't grasp all of reality in, in just one hand or the other really have to turn things around and, and, and look for multiple perspectives. So, so I was watching myself on my cushion day after day and, um, and, and trying to, to walk around the problem like you would around a, a statue or, or a ornamental shrub in your yard and just take in all the perspectives that's always worked for me in the past. Oh, look at it from this way. Look at that from this way. And eventually I would figure out, oh, if I prune that branch, that's something I can do. And then this will all be a little bit more beautiful. Um, or if I take care of, of this little problem with the root system, ah, now I'm making a difference. That'll, that'll feel beautiful. And that just wasn't working. Um, and... So I'm sitting on my cushion and I'm watching and I'm watching and I realize I'm not walking around this ornamental bush in a, in a contemplative way. There's a franticness to it. I'm, I'm, a, I'm more running. <laughs> it reminded me of, um, I do a lot of work in my basement office and we get a, a fair number of um, insects who come and visit. <laughs> Enough that I actually have a special little bowl that I keep down in my basement office. That is my, and I have a piece of paper and I have my whole routine. This is how we take things out. So, um, you know, scoop up the centipede, scoop up the, the wasp or the millipede or the, or the cockroach. And, um, and when you scoop uh, an insect into that bowl to get ready to take them outside. There's a franticness there it's running around the bowl. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. What's happening. <laughs> and as I was sitting on my cushion watching day after day, I realized, Oh, that's what it is. That's me. I'm running around in the bowl. Um, 
I'm trying to escape. I'm trying to avoid this. I don't want things to be this way. And that reminded me of a really interesting slogan from the Lojong. Really interesting. And that slogan is abandon hope. <laughs> kind of bracing cold water in the face, isn't it? <laughs> Just abandon hope. <laughs> um, I think it's uh, things like that 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 get a, get us uh, Buddhist the reputation of uh, being nihilists. <laughs> But uh, but it's just it's just part of the part of the story. Abandon hope. So it sounds ludicrous on its face, doesn't it? Um, we need hope. Hope is so important. Um, so the uh, Pima Chodron's translation of of that slogan is um, "Abandon hope of fruition." Abandon hope of fruition. So I think there's a, an aspect there of, of, of letting go, of not grasping. And I think that's where, where we can go astray sometimes with our, with our conceptions of hope. So I, I, I want things to be different. I'm going to make things be different. I've got, I've got an action plan. I'm going to hold on to this action plan. And, and uh, power through. I'm going to make things different. And so this teaching says, "Can you let that go? Um, can you can you be here, but but not be grasping?" So Pima Chodron's commentary on this slogan, "Abandon hope of fruition." <coughs> says that the key instruction is to stay in the present. Don't get caught up in hopes of what you'll achieve and how good your situation will be someday in the future. What you do right now is what matters. What you do right now is what matters. Let me read that again. The key instruction is to stay in the present. Don't get caught up in hopes of what you'll achieve and how good your situation will be someday in the future. What you do right now is what matters. So things have, things have uh, been tough uh, in the United States and the world. Maybe things have always been tough. But there, there, are, there are times where the, the news stories do feel really heavy. And it feels like they're they're piling up. So I think this is a an interesting slogan to practice with. Abandon hope. Abandon hope of of fruition in particular. <coughs> and uh, reminds me also of uh, something that uh, Suzuki Roshi. Um, <coughs> says in, in his book, Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind, he, he talks about um, letting go of the, the gaining idea. So he says that our Soto way puts an emphasis on shikantaza, on just sitting. Actually, we do not have any particular name for our practice. When we practice Zazen, 
we just practice it. So when you're when you are idealistic, when you have some gaining idea within yourself, by the time you attain your ideal or goal, your gaining idea will create another ideal. And so as long as you practice, as long as your practice is based in a gaining idea and you practice Sazen in an idealistic way, you will have no time to actually attain your ideal. So letting go of the gaining idea, how, how, do, we, how do we practice, how do we sit on our cushions and how do we carry ourselves in, in the world while we let go of the gaining idea? A really interesting question and a really fundamental teaching in our in our tradition. I know uh, another little story about this that is um, kind of fun. The story of a of a teacher and a and a student, and it reminds me how. Um, grateful I am to have a teacher, the teacher I do, and grateful that we all are practicing together. And it's a, really a rare and precious thing to, to be human and to have this human life and then to amazingly find ourselves in a place where we can practice together and where we have teachers. Amazing, really amazing. So there's this story about a teacher and a student, and uh, the, the teacher's name was Nanyue, and Nanyue says to the student, Basu, what is your intention in doing Zazen? What is your intention in doing Zazen? And Basu says, my intention is becoming a Buddha. My intention is becoming a Buddha. So Nanyue walks over and he picks up a clay tile and he starts rubbing it, starts rubbing it with a cloth. And Basu says, what are you doing? And the teacher says, I'm polishing this tile to make a mirror. I think an important part of that story is that um, even in uh, the ancient times that the story takes place, you don't use tiles as mirrors. <laughs> That's not how it works. So a clay tile it is not a mirror. And so Basu says, how can you make a mirror by polishing a tile? And Nanyue says, how can you become a Buddha by doing Zazen? So um, Dogen, our, our friend Dogen, uh, uh, the founder of our, of our tradition, 13th century teacher, says um, in his commentary on this story, he says, um, polishing a tile and doing nothing else, even an iron-willed practitioner does not make a mirror. So, so he wants us to be clear on that. It, it, what this teaching is telling us is that you, you can't make a mirror by polishing a tile. 
So be clear that Zazen is not working toward becoming a Buddha. So we're not sitting on the cushion. We're not doing Zazen with this gaining idea, with this gaining idea of becoming a Buddha. So he's, he's warning us against that. He also says, though, that, um, but, I'm adding the word but, he also, he also <laughs> says, even if making a mirror is not polishing a tile, a mirror is immediately there. Even if making a mirror is not polishing a tile, a mirror is immediately there. So, we don't have to polish the tile into the mirror. The mirror is already there. We don't have to come to the cushion and sit in Shikantaza with an intention to be a perfect student or to fix the world. Enlightenment is already here. Come to the cushion to realize that enlightenment, not to make it happen. That's a really interesting story. I like that story a lot. And I think that's what I was doing this summer was I was going into my practice in the world and, uh, and coming to my cushion. <laughs> trying to polish that top, trying to make things different than they are. Um, So one of the other really interesting things about the Lojong, one of the things I, I really appreciate about the Lojong is that it is a mind training system. And, uh, and so that means that any one slogan isn't the whole story. It isn't the whole deal. So, so when we go to train our bodies, we don't just uh, train our biceps. If you do that, you end up with a bulging bicep and a really weak tricep, and then this arm actually is not strong, cannot do um, uh, good work. So, so the Lojong gives us um, these slogans and these teaching points that look like they're in opposition, but they work together. So there's another teaching point in the Lojong that says, assess and extend. So here we are, we've been told, give up, give up the goal, give up the intention. But then the Lojong also says, assess and extend, assess and extend. Norman Fisher, who is in our, in our lineage, a, a Zen priest and teacher and author and poet, has written a, a nice book called uh, Training and Compassion, Zen, Zen teachings on, on the Lojong. And we, we studied it together a few years ago in, in a practice period. Um, and uh, Norman says that um, what, what, what excess and extend is telling us is that, um, is that when, we're, when we commit ourselves to this mind training program, um, that, that we're going to, if we're going to commit ourselves, that we do need a way of, of uh, assessing, of seeing where we are. 
but but not so we can judge ourselves and be harsh against ourselves. He he says that his his wife uh, was a middle school teacher, and that when she would give uh, assessments to the students, it wasn't to judge them. It wasn't to say that's a good student, that's a bad student. It was to understand where they were with their learning, so she would know what to do next and to help them learn. And so this is the the perspective that he encourages us to take with assessing, assessing and extending is where are we with our learning so we can know where to where to move to next. So so we hold those together. That's another part of this non-dualistic practice is holding both so we can we can uh, abandon hope of fruition. And we can assess and extend at the same time. Both of those together, which is really interesting. <laughs> or we can hold this one for a while, and then we can hold this one. <laughs> Sometimes, if we try to hold both, then we don't have any hands left. So maybe we hold one and then the other. But I think these two work together really nicely. Another another thing that. Um, I'm really interested in thinking about is um, the the other thing we do with the Lojong is it's this mind training program uh, to to help us be more compassionate in the world. So another teaching point of the Lojong is is about compassion, compassion and empathy, and. Train in empathy and compassion. And one of the slogans is practice sending and receiving alternately on the breath. And that's referring to a really interesting meditation practice called Tonglen. And in Tonglen practice, we don't do what we normally do, which is to push pain and suffering away. Instead, we practice with visualizing, bringing the world's suffering into ourselves on the in-breath and then transforming that suffering and sending out love and, and healing on the out-breath. So it's, that's what the receiving and the sending is. We're receiving in the, su- the suffering from the world and transforming that somehow and then, and then sending out something that's much more wholesome. There, there, um, one way to do that uh, meditation is with a visualization where you kind of imagine <clears throat> bringing in this uh, sticky dark substance and then sending out golden light or blue light, something, something healing and beautiful and radiant. And uh, I think it's interesting to, to hold that, that's that practice and that slogan of practice sending and receiving at the same time with the slogan of abandoned hope of fruition. So can we practice compassion, practice witnessing 
even bringing into ourselves the suffering of the world without grasping about what happens next. So I said that one way this is often, this Tonglen practice is often taught is to imagine um, that you're transforming that suffering somehow and sending it out. It's a really interesting word, transforming. So what does transforming mean? I got to admit that that with my uh, uh, with my default setting of wanting to fix things, which I think many of us humans have, that that my first thought of transforming is, well, I fix it, I make it better, Just fix it all up, but take out all the sticky tar molecules and send out something beautiful and golden. So I do it. I have to do it. It's me. Um, which is an interesting illusion that our that our bodies that our body minds create for us sometimes. This illusion that I am this thing that's separate. I'm separate from Zach. I'm separate from Tim. They're way over there and over here. What if transforming <clears throat> happens instantaneously with the receiving? What if the receiving itself is the transforming? So it's not me making things different by doing something with my wrench and my hammer and fixing. It's me showing up. It's me just opening and receiving. That's a... That's a... a a liberating idea, really liberating idea. It says just, just show up. Just keep showing up. Just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Just keep coming to the cushion. Just keep coming to the present moment. And that, that in of itself is transformation. So Dogen tells this story about um, his own teacher, Rujing, beloved teacher. And he, uh, in, in continuous practice, he talks about that um, Rujing was giving a talk and he said, Rujing said, I've been doing Zazen, not only in the monks hall and other communal places, but also alone in quiet towers and screened in places. I always carry a cushion so I can sit at the foot of a rock. My hope has been to thoroughly penetrate the diamond seat. Sometimes my buttocks get raw, <laughs> but I sit harder. That's what Rujing says. And then he says, I'm now 65. Although my bones are aged and my head is dull, I don't yet understand Zazen. <laughs> But because I care about my fellow practitioners in the 10 directions, I live in this monastery and transmit the way to the assembly, beginning with dawn instruction that we began this morning. Think quietly, life does not last long. To realize even a few lines of the Buddha ancestors' words is to realize the Buddha ancestors'. 
To realize even a few lines of the Buddha ancestors' words is to realize the Buddha's ancestors, the Buddha ancestors. So here we go. Rujing telling us, I just keep showing up. I've been doing this my entire life. I've been doing this since I'm 19. I'm 65. I still don't know what Zazen is, but I just keep showing up. I just keep uh, taking my cushion everywhere I go, and and my hiney's a little sore, but I just keep showing up. (laughs) Keep coming back, putting one foot in front of the other. So I think maybe that's what we can do is we can uh, abandon hope of fruition, but also assess and extend. And transform suffering just by showing up, just by receiving. So the the last thing that I that I just wanted to reflect on is how we can use this body mind to to practice abandoning hope of fruition. So that's another thing that I just um, am so grateful to our 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 practice for is the way that we practice realizing the embodiment of our of our work that we over and over again remind ourselves oh yes this body mind is one uh, everything i do is embodied i i'm not this little uh, pilot driving this body around i'm i'm integrated in the body mind and so how can I use this realization of body mind to practice abandoning hope of fruition I think one really interesting way to do that is um, is 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 opening our our chests and just receiving so we have this instinct when we're fearful when we're feeling hopeless to to pull inward I think we're protecting our hearts, protecting our bellies. And so we hunch forward. So maybe the next time that you're feeling hopeless, I'm feeling hopeless, maybe we can notice that and just say, oh, I'm just going to receive this. Just going to receive this. And by receiving this, know that it's immediately transformed. My suffering and, and the suffering of the world. So I started by giving you that um, image of this, these bugs trying to escape. And we've been talking about how to transform that, that fear and that sense of wanting to escape. And so I thought I'd end with this little poem by David Budbill. It's called uh, Bugs in a Bowl. <laughs> Han Shan that great and crazy, wonder-filled Chinese poet of a thousand years ago said, we're just like bugs in a bowl. All day, going around, never leaving their bowl. That's right, every day climbing up the steep sides, sliding back over and over again, around and around, up and down. 
Sit in the bottom of the bowl, head in your hands, cry, moan, feel sorry for yourself, or look around, see your fellow bugs, walk around, say, hey, how you doing? Say, nice bowl. <laughs> Thank you very much.